Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for tuning in to Energy Awareness Radio. What is it that we desire more than anything else? It's happiness, of course, or so we think. Happiness is a basic human desire. However, 
Many people are choosing thoughts and actions that create unhappiness in their lives, and that pattern, choosing those thoughts and actions that create unhappiness, well, that affects as many as 80 to 90% of people today. And no one wants to admit they want to be unhappy. So how do we explain why so many people end up sabotaging their happiness? We'll find out in just a few minutes. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnected healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio, digital entertainment, and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest, Mia Tomakawa, is a translator and editor-in-chief at IRH Press, an international publisher of spiritual, religious, and self-improvement books by the renowned best-selling author Ryoho Akawa. She has been working on the English-translated versions of his books for nearly a decade to share the spiritual truths that he teaches which have changed the lives of millions of people around the world, including herself. Mia believes that increasing the awareness and deepening the understanding of these spiritual truths are the keys to finding true happiness on a personal level as well as on a global scale. To date, she has worked on more than 30 titles by Okawa. In addition to her editing and translation experience, she is a simultaneous interpreter, writer, as well as a U.S. spokesperson for Ryoho Okawa's books. So welcome to the show, Mia. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio, all the way from Japan, mind you. How are you being? I am doing great. Thank you very much, T, for having me on your show. It's a pleasure. I am I'm truly honored. I'm astounded by all that you can do. And it's it's amazing because this is such a... You know, Mr. Akawa has written so many books, and one of them actually is entitled An Invitation to Happiness. So he certainly is very well aware of this of this topic, and it's so much needed in this world. And to have you translating everything that he does so that a good portion of the world can understand it in various languages, well, you know, kudos to you. Big, big job. Thank you so much. And our topic for discussion is the unhappiness syndrome. So... He went from an invitation to happiness to writing about how we actually bring ourselves into this space of unhappiness and don't even realize it sometimes. What was the catalyst for him to write this particular book? Well, I think he felt that so many people become unhappy without knowing that they are actually inviting unhappiness to their lives. and. You know, for the book Invitation to Happiness and for this book, then Unhappiness Syndrome, I think he the goal is to really um, help people find happiness. But he is taking um, 
a different method or different perspective on happiness in this book. And it's good to do that because as you read this book, you don't realize how many things you can actually resonate with. It's not that you're constantly unhappy, but there are things sometimes within each of the habits that can make you unhappy, maybe momentarily, maybe long term. And one can lead to the other if we allow it to. So, you know, it seems like there's almost an attraction to being unhappy. So why do humans have this subconscious attraction to unhappiness? Mm-hmm. Uh, according to this book, I think it's kind of ironic in a sense that we all want to be happy, but we end up becoming unhappy. And he's really showing us why this happens. And I think one of the main reasons that he talks about in this book is that um, we often seek or want others to provide happiness for us. And, and it really ends up being really depending on other people or circumstances around us to provide us the feelings of happiness when we can find the inner strength, a source of happiness within us, and when we start taking control over life. And that's what he is trying to say in this book. And he's showing different examples of the kind of thoughts that may attract unhappiness to our lives. Yes, and he does it very well. The the um, you know the fact that people still believe that things, people, relationships, outer experiences can bring them happiness is mind-boggling. Because if you're not happy with yourself, you will never be happy with anything or anyone else. So it's great that he wrote this book because in it he talks about the different patterns so how do we identify our patterns of unhappiness well it really starts with really knowing ourselves and how we can know ourselves when we kind of look within and review the thoughts and actions that we have throughout the day you know if you review what we said and if you find we said if you find that we said many negative things and you can find out that's what was on our mind, you know, throughout the day and you may have taken actions to cause some trouble and happiness to you. So I think it really starts with really reviewing your day and think about and reflect on the kind of thoughts and actions that you took. And I think too, it, it kind of can go back to like your own history, your own past. Sometimes people will see things and say, well, this always happens to me. And so it's almost as though they set up that, mm, they set it up that it will happen that way again, that they can't see something ever change or, or be different. And that in itself is a pattern right there, is it not? Mm-hmm. I agree. I think we are kind of creating, we're creating our own destiny in a sense with the words and actions that we use you know, throughout the day. And I think we can see people do that all the time when we look around, you know, like we, we see people making the same type of mistakes over and over again. But when it comes to ourselves, it's kind of hard to see ourselves objectively. And that's why he's suggesting that we that, do that for ourselves so that we can find patterns of uh, actions and thoughts that might um, invite unhappiness. 
Yeah, I think that um, people don't. You, you can't see. You can't see yourself. You you don't ever see what's going on within you. Uh, sometimes it needs to be pointed out, and I think this book does a good job with that because as you read through it, I mean, it hits on well, there are 28 habits of unhappy people, and it hits on the 11 habits of self-defeating thoughts and their prescriptions to conquer them, the clear signs that help determine if we've reached a consistent state of happiness. Um, the fact that destiny is determined by three elements. Why don't we talk about that for a little bit? What are those three elements and how can we use that to help us in our own lives? Sure. Um, the three elements that he talks about in this book is that the first one is the plan we made for ourselves before we are born into this world. And the author Okawa actually um, offers this perspective that each of us, really decides on our own what kind of life we want to live and what purpose we have being born before we are born here. So we kind of create a plan for what we want to accomplish in this lifetime. So the first element kind of depends on the plan we made. And the second, second element is the amount of effort we make during a lifetime on Earth. So even if you make the best plan, you know, if we don't make the effort, if we don't take the action to make it come true, it will never come true. So that's the second element. And the third element is the spiritual influences we receive from um, our guardian and guiding spirits and spirits around us. Because, um, of course, we are influenced by things that happen around us. And um, Oka proposes this idea that there's an the other world or spirit world where um, we uh, return to after we finish a lifetime on this earth. And there are spirits in that world that are trying to guide us to move into a better direction and trying to be able to receive the right inspirations, the right guidance really affects how the course of our life are perceived in this lifetime. And, you know, it's funny because that completely makes sense. And, you know, first of all, we've decided what we're going to do, what our purpose will be prior to getting here. And then our job when we get here is to figure it out. I kind of don't like that part. (laughs) (laughs) That's the hardest part, figuring it out, (laughs) you know, because when you start to figure it out and you think you have it and you apply effort and it doesn't work out, it can be extremely devastating. I mean, I have, I have patients who come in and, you know, they'll say, I thought this was what I, what I was supposed to do. And I've been working and working and working. When do I give up? And many people will say, don't give up, keep going. But there has to be a point at which you need to say, this is not, this is not working. There must be something else. And I think that's the hard part. I think that's what's difficult when you're applying and working so hard to do whatever the goal is that you really believe you have. It's very hard for someone who's been doing something for five or 10 years to say it's just not working. And they feel as though they've wasted a good portion of their life. What, what, what do we do about that? Well, I think it really has to do with the third element, which is the guidance and inspirations we receive, you know, we often get lost in as to what we should do, you know, which direction we should move forward. And uh, I think by um, that's when that's where the meditation comes in. I think mm. about really, you know, making um, achieving a peace of mind and really 
trying to receive the right inspiration, right guidance. And I think you will know in your heart if it's your mission that you have to keep going, you know. So I think the, part, the most important part is to really be able to see yourself objectively and, and also kind of, kind of let go of your own ego and try to open yourself, open up yourself to the inspirations that you can receive from heaven. I agree. I think that the intuition part is a huge player because if you're not aware and you're not paying attention, things, things won't go well. And when things are in flow and you are in alignment, everything just moves along smoothly. And that's really how you know this is the right thing to do. If you are working too hard, it's not the right work because the work shouldn't be extremely difficult. Do you agree with that? Yes, and I think that's the fun part, actually. You know, it's the hard part, part you know, of no, knowing what to do, but it's also the fun part but about being able to really decide for yourself and really do what you can do to to achieve your goal. And, I, I mean, if you see this life, like, just like a, a movie or something, you know, and then you be watching your movie about your life and you'll be like thrilled to see the main character going through up and downs and achieve the goal at the end of the movie. So I think, you know, by having an objective perspective in that sense, I think you'll be able to really enjoy your life in the truest sense. That's a great analogy uh, to put it that way, that you are the, you know, you're not just the person acting in the movie, but you're the director and the producer. So you can make all the changes you want. And that is the fun part. But I think a lot of people, because of the pressures that we are all under today, I think many people just don't take the time they need to go within. And that is why meditation is so important. It's so important to be in touch with who you are before you even get out of bed in the morning. Plan the day in your head and know that it's all going to be good. And that, that makes a huge difference. Right there, you're creating. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And I think a lot of the issues that we have with ourselves really come from self-doubt, and we can't really mm-hmm. believe in ourselves, and that's why we kind of depend on others to prove that we are right. And it really ends up creating, you know, like insecurity feelings, and, you know, you feel very insecure, you know, about yourself. So meditation really helps you be in touch with your true self and gain a true confidence that you need to get through many difficulties and problems and issues that you face during the lifetime. Yeah, I think that it's a, it's one of the things that probably should be taught in schools, in homes, in, in religious uh, arenas where instead of just, you know, so many times people will go to a church or a synagogue or a temple or whatever and it's just sitting and nobody teaches them this is what you're sitting for. This is what you're supposed to be doing. A lot of people will tell me, well, I go to church every week or I go to the temple every week, but I'm sitting there thinking about what I need to do during the week. That's not the purpose of being in those places, mm-hmm. and it's not the purpose of meditation. It's to go within and hear your own, your own guidance and hear what you're being given from the God of your understanding, whoever that may be. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, 
Yes, and that kind of reminds it reminds me of how I started working on these books. Uh, I kind of one day I was meditate, meditating, and I knew that this was the right thing for me to do. You know, I knew it, and then when I felt really confident that this was the path that I needed to take. You know, there is no self-doubt or, you know, no matter what people say about what I do, I don't really care because I know in my heart that this is what we, I want to do. And so meditation is very, very important, I think, in that sense of building true self-confidence. And I think that's the other thing, too. When you get to a point where you don't care what other people think because what you're doing is the right thing for you, that's when you know it's the right thing for you. Because if you do mm-hmm. care, it's probably not the right thing because you have doubt yourself unless you haven't gotten to a point where you can get past that self-doubt, which is really sad because I think so many people do have the self-doubt because of their own history. But there was one aspect of the book where it talks about the relationship between our happiness and our ancestors. Why don't you tell us a bit mm-hmm. about that? Well, this is based on how we will still keep on living after we leave this world and the spirits of the deceased still exist in the other world. And um, we can, um, if we can feel grateful for all the souls that have um, led us to where we are, I think we can start receiving positive light from these souls and we can do the same for the soul in the other world by living in a positive and um, happy way. We can uh, try to influence those who live in uh, the other world and try to uh, bring happiness to them too. So it's uh, kind of we affect each other in that sense. And this is, I think, a very unique perspective that he provides in this book. Yes, it is. And I think that we also, the things that, I mean, quantum physics and quantum mechanics explains to us currently that, you know, right now we are living this life at the same time that we're living our past and our future lives. I believe that. I think they're all happening at the same time. And we just refer to them as past or future. And I think that everything we do in this life affects all the other lives that we're living because how can it not, you know, how Mm -hmm. can we not be affecting other worlds and other lives and and people who have passed? It's just energy. So I think the happiness that we have here is going to affect not just ourselves, but it also affects everybody else on the planet. We don't, we may not know. I don't know you. You're in Japan. I've never met you. This is the first time I've spoken to you. And yet, I know that this interview and our speaking and having this conversation is impacting you, you know, energetically, and it's impacting me energetically. And that makes a difference in how we approach life. If you think of it that way and you are aware and you realize that everything I do is not just about me, but it's about all the other people on the planet and the, the animals and everything that's living. Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I believe it's um, everything is connected, you know, and in uh, another book, he mentions about there is a tree of universe where everything like every um, living thing is connected through this huge tree in the mm-hmm. universe. And I think it's very true that we affect each other. And that's why um, by becoming happier ourselves, we can have positive impact 
on the other people and the world around us. So the idea is that if each one of us becomes happy, this world is going to be a happy place. And that's why it's so important that each one of us finds a way to happiness, I think. Yes, I think that's why each person who's listening needs to buy the book, The Unhappiness Syndrome, because (laughs) so many people, when I was reading it, would say, well, I'm not unhappy. And I'd think to myself, oh, I know some of these things apply to me. So certainly these things, there are things in here that you can look at and realize, oh, yeah, I do do that. I need to stop. And anybody can learn from this book and gain great insight and change the perspective uh, or not the perspective, the perspective of the book will change their life because of it's so simply put. It, he makes it so easy. And that's mm-hmm. generally not done. Usually books are written very academically. And this one is written with such ease and such grace that you understand it. You just read through it. didn't take that long to read. I think I read it in an hour. And I thought, wow, this is mm-hmm. crazy. You know, that's not mm-hmm. a long time. And granted, I read quickly, you know, for the show, but still, I got a lot out of it. And I realize how much it will help some of the people that I'm working with in in allowing them to change the way that they do things in a very simple and easy way. Because sometimes things can be, you know, easy, but they're not simple to do. And this affords both to the reader. And I'm sure that was part of his goal, was it not? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think the truth is very simple, but sometimes we think it's very difficult and we complicate things, you know, and it's really about really being able to take control of your life and giving love and offering love to other people. And that's really the keys to bringing happiness. And it's very simple. But when you apply it to your life, you know, I think I think we kind of make it very, very difficult and complicated. <laughs> Well, I think you said it earlier, the ego does get in the way. And sometimes, you know, living from your heart really is easy. But you have to keep the ego out of it and remember that it's not all about you. It's about everybody. And it's about making this place better for other people. Because if you do that, it automatically is better for you. And I don't think people understand that. When the ego gets in the way, they are going after what they want for them. But if you put the entire whole into the picture and say, all right, what's going to be better for the greater good? It's going to be better for you. It has to be. There's no way it can't be. Correct? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I think your happiness eventually invites happiness for other people. And other people's happiness can invite you happiness too. So if we can bring each other happiness, we'll all become happy. And it's as simple as that. But, you know, when we are kind of blinded by our own desires or ego, we kind of get lost and we feel like, you know, their unhappiness is our happiness. Or, you know, for example, if you want to be successful in a company, you know, you feel like somebody's promotion means your demotion, but that's not true. You know, you both can be successful and happy, but sometimes we kind of limit ourselves by thinking that it's not possible. And I think people... The, the competitive edge, you know, it's good to have healthy competition. But there I mm-hmm. sat at a seminar a while ago, and it was all for nonprofit organizations, of which my children's foundation is one. And the gentleman started by saying, each and every one of you here are in competition with the other person. And I started to laugh. And the woman mm-hmm. next to me looked at me, and she said, you don't believe that? And I said, no. And she said, why? I said, there's enough for everyone, number one. 
Number two, there's plenty of money in this world to help everyone if we knew how to share it better. And number three, if my organization doesn't resonate with you and your organization doesn't resonate with me, there's nothing that you can do that's going to change my mind to make me donate to your organization or you to mine. So it really, it's not a competition. It's, it's what people feel. It's what people want to give to, what people, where they want to put their service, if it's in terms of money or time or effort. And I think that's the difference. If, you start, if people start living from the perspective of their heart and realize that every single thing I do and say affects every other person, plant, animal, creature on this planet, oh, my goodness, including Gaia herself, mm-hmm. Mother Earth herself, you know, you would start doing things differently because why would you want to hurt you, right? Exactly. And I think we have to start a circle of happiness and joy and, you know, positive things going around because once we get into a negative circle, we never gain anything from any, anyone or anything. And it just, you know, goes worse and worse. And that kind of, can I share you one fairy tale in Japan, yes. from Japan? I think this yes. really illustrates how the world works. Um, well, have, you, have you used um, chopsticks before? Do you use chopsticks? I have, yes. I'm not good at it, okay. but I've, I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this fairy tale in Japan where in hell, you know, people use long chopsticks to, to try to eat. And, okay. But they can't really reach um, or use the chopsticks because they're really like the food is really below and they, they can't really reach the food using mm-hmm. chopsticks and the chopsticks too long to, to bring the food to their mouth, you know, because okay. they're too long. Right. So they can't eat and they starve to death. But in mm. heaven, they use the same chopsticks, but they can eat. Because they try to help each other eat. They bring the food to other people's mouths. So they Mm -hmm. can all eat and they can be all happy. And that's how, I think that really illustrates how happiness works. If we start trying, once, once the moment we start giving to other people, trying to share happiness with other people, we can all become happy. But if you want to try to, if we try to keep happiness to ourselves only, we all end up becoming unhappy. It's the sharing. That is a great illustration of exactly what you're talking about. I love that story. It it really depicts it well because, you know, if you help somebody else, it comes back to you. And it might not be today. It might not be in the moment. Nobody said it's instant gratification, but it does come back to you. And it comes back in such ways that you would never imagine. And so many times you just put something out there and the good will come back. And so many times when you put something bad out there, that too will come back and hit you. And so when you think of it that way and you just realize that if we're all sharing, if everybody just shared and it wasn't about how much can Mm -hmm. I accumulate, how much do I have, you know, how can I show off and own? It's kind of like um, people in this country. And I'm sure, have you been to the United States? Yes. I I used to live there actually. (laughs) Okay. All right. Where did you live? Hmm. In California, okay. Los Angeles. All right, so in okay, so in LA, we've got the really rich people and the really poor people. That's a great example, right? So you've got mm-hmm. the really rich mm-hmm. people that have these beautiful homes and drive these wonderful cars, and then you have the really poor people that don't have a home and they're living in cardboard boxes. It, it's one extreme to the other. There's 
kind of not really a middle of the road. And that's true of a lot of different cities across this nation. And it's disgusting because we like to think of ourselves as being the greatest and richest nation in the world. And yet we have the disparity is incredible. And I look at that and I think, you know, it's funny. Um, Years ago, I sold real estate and I would walk into people's houses and they were very expensive homes, no furnishings. Mm -hmm. They had a BMW in the driveway or a Mercedes in the driveway in the great big house. The kids were sleeping on futons or in sleeping bags. Really, people? Really? That's your happiness? To show everybody what you can buy and how much in debt you are? And then, you know, the housing market, boom, just died and all these people lost a lot of stuff. It's not about stuff. It's not about the accumulation and the acquiring of stuff. It's about acquiring what will fill your heart with joy. And I love this book because it tells us these different habits and then it gives you ways out of them so that you have like a little prescription to follow and it will help you to get where you need to be, where, where you will be happy and you will have what you need and what you want. And that's the big difference between, uh, you know, like motivational speakers going out there and telling you, this is what you need to do to acquire all this wealth. It's not about the wealth. The wealth is in your health and in your happiness and your happiness is in what you can acquire by helping others and seeing that come through. And that's true all over the world, and I'm sure you've seen it in your travels everywhere you go. Exactly. I think it's shared across the countries and, you know, across different religions even. You know, people want to become happy, and they can become happy by sharing their happiness with other people. And if everyone can awaken to this fact i think the world is going to be a better place for all and um the author rihokawa has been writing these books and trying to give people hints to become happy because i think many people are not aware of this yeah they're not and i also want to give a nod to him because he is the author of 100 million books sold worldwide that is a boatload of books that's a lot of books <laughs> sold worldwide. 100 million. I don't even know. <laughs> That's just a crazy number. That is a lot of books. So he is being being read by people. And, you know, I'm thinking this book ought to go to every politician in this country because maybe it would make us better. <laughs> because we're not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> things aren't good now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, 100 million books. That's just crazy. And in the introduction to the show, I did mention that, you know, he's changed the lives of millions of people around the world, including you, Mia. I don't know. I should have asked you if I could ask this question, but do you want to share how mm-hmm. it has changed your life? Sure. So, of course, um, before I read his books and was uh, inspired by his books, I think I was more living in, a, I should say, a self-centered way in a sense because of, you know, what I said earlier about, not being able to have confidence in myself. So no matter what what I did, I wasn't really confident if that was the right thing for me to do. And I kind of ended up um, ended up uh, depending on, on other people to provide me with what I needed. And I kind of lose, lost control as a result because mm-hmm. I depended on the circumstances and people around me to really decide whether I'm happy or not, you know, I was never happy. <laughs> and then I started reading his books and he talks about how 
we actually have the power to really change ourselves and make ourselves happy, and not in a self-centered way, because that really happens when we start sharing happiness and trying to give other people what you have. And I really, I was very kind of shocked in a sense, because I never knew that, you know, that's going to bring happiness to my life. But, um, but something resonated with me. So I started practicing what he talked about in the book. And I, my life, like, completely started changing. Like, people were becoming nicer. Like, I could see things more clearly. And I was able to gain more confidence in what I do. And that's when I really felt strongly that this was what I wanted to do, to be able to share spiritual truth about life so that people can really open up their eyes and start living their lives the way they were supposed to as they planned in heaven before they were born and um, that's why I have been working on the translations of his books because I want, really wanted to share his teachings um, outside of Japan and I'm really um, really grateful that I can help him do that right now well, we are really grateful that you are doing that because another one of his books that I'm sure you worked on was Invincible Thinking, and that also came out this year, 2017. And, you know, that book, it seems to me, it kind of, um, you know, when you're thinking about you're a failure in life, you know, and how, do you, how are you able to get through that and how hard life seems, that book, it kind of lets you see that we're limitless, that the possibilities of, are there and that you can get past these defeats and all these limited ideas and thinking that you have so that you can overcome adversity and, and hardship and, and it gives you, you know, things to hold on to so that you can have a positive future. Um, and so that book came out again this year as well, did it not? Am I correct in saying that? Yes, Yes, it came out in September of this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, one right after the other. He's just writing books like crazy, which is great. <laughs> and you're <laughs> translating them, too, very quickly, which is great. So, you know, um, that, too, is another book that, you know, it, it gives you the – it's like a guidebook for success and, and what you can do to, to grow. And our hardships do give us our growth but they don't have to be as hard as we make them. We can get through them more quickly if we read these books and learn what you learned. Because as you said, happiness, when it is not in a self-centered way, because when it is in a self-centered way, which is the accumulation of things, material things, that's the ego. That's the ego getting in the way. Mm -hmm. And that's almost like bullying, if you will, to me, um, which there's just way too much of in this world. And there's no need for it because if you look at the sensitivity of each person, if you look at their, you know, we're connected by compassion. And if you, if you are able to look at another person's soul, instead of looking at them as a person who's doing whatever and just look in their eyes and see the soul, you'll connect on a different level with people. But that again is awareness. It's just something you need to do is just be aware and know that when you do something that hurts someone or, or causes them some kind of dismay, own it immediately. Apologize and say I'm sorry, even if you can't do it in purpose, uh, in person. Do it, mm-hmm. do it energetically so that the person, so that their energy gets it, 
I think that that's important for people to know, too, that the awareness has to be there so that you can move forward with all of these things. And, and both invisible thinking, Invincible Thinking and The Unhappiness Syndrome, these books, to me, kind of go hand in hand. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so. And I think uh, The Unhappiness is really about finding happiness within you. And Invincible Thinking is really, it's, it's a really powerful philosophy that lets you uh, overcome any adversity by finding the lessons within them. And, you know, some people might question, you know, why is there a tragedy or sorrow or hardship in the world? You know, if God created the world, why didn't he make a perfect world for us, you know? But um, mm-hmm. I think there's a meaning or purpose of hardships and sorrow and tragedies. And by going through these experiences, we can learn important lessons. And by, um, you know, for example, like if you have to go through a tragedy, you know, you probably would want to avoid tragedy. But by going through a tragedy, you can feel compassion for other people. Like you can feel what what it is like to be actually going through such a tragedy. And when you see someone who's going through the same type of tragedy, you can help the person. And I think the world works beautifully in the sense that we're here to help each other and you know we can't survive all alone and that's the beauty of this world i think that we are here together and we're trying to learn together and you know nothing happens as a coincidence i think in a sense that you know we're all meant to live together and try to help each other so that we can create a better world I, I agree with you 100%, and I will go a step further and, and ask you this question. This, one of my beliefs is that we choose what we're choosing before we come here, as you said. Before we're born, we know what we're going to do. But I also believe that before we're born, we choose and we know what it is we will have to endure. So when people say to me, but why do children have to die? Now, I do a lot of volunteer pediatric work, and it's hard. You know, um, a lot of uh, the, the hospice for pediatrics is difficult to do mm-hmm. because, you know, these children, they're in hospice. They're not coming home. They're not coming to the home on this earth. They're going to a different home. And it's very hard. But people will say, but how can you think that's okay? Okay, I don't think it's okay, but I do think they know. Be- Mia, can you hear me now? Yes, I'm so sorry. I got cut off. No, I know. I don't know what's, what was going on at all. I apologize profusely. Um, I don't know if you heard my question. Did you? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I don't think I heard your question. That's okay. The question was, um, and I firmly, this is me speaking, I firmly believe this, that we come in knowing what it is 
that we have to do because we chose it, as you said mm-hmm. earlier, but also that we know the hardships we may have to endure, and we know when we're going out. We don't know it consciously. We may not even know it subconsciously, but somewhere within us we know when we're going to be leaving and how long we'll stay and the lessons we're here to teach others and take on on our own. So sometimes when people will ask me, you know, why there's so much tragedy in the world, I, like you, I think, believe that it happens for a reason. We're just not privy to the big picture. We, we are not allowed to see that because we're all here for growth. Does that make sense? Yes, and I completely agree with you that we choose and we know beforehand what kind of hardships we are facing. And a lot of times, you know, we forget, of course, about what, what, uh, what's supposed to happen in our life. And, but that's all the difficulties and hardships are something that happen because we know we can overcome them. And that I think it's really important that we believe in the strength to be able to overcome any hardships that may come throughout our, our lifetime. I agree because I think deep down somewhere within we know this too shall pass and the only constant is change. So, you know, if you're having, if you're experiencing the most wonderful things right now, you know, that will change too, as will the most horrific things because there's a balance. And when you're, when you're just doing the neutral, which is, you know, you're happy, but you're not at an all-time high and you're not at a, a very low, that's really where you kind of want to be. There's a range And that's the range where you can stay and things are, you know, going along okay and everything's good. And then you have these highs and you will have the lows. But you can get through the lows a lot more quickly when you have good information, good solid information that you can find in these two books, Invisible Thinking and Invincible Thinking and the Unhappiness Syndrome. So uh, that I kind of wanted to get out there so that people could see that. And I did want to ask you, because it is getting toward the top of the hour, Happy-Science.org was founded by Mr. Akawa in 1986 and has grown to more than, I think I read, 12 million members worldwide. Could you tell us a bit Mm -hmm. about that organization and all that they do? Sure. Uh, It was established uh, in 1986, and it's it's a global movement that empowers people to find purpose and spiritual happiness and share that happiness with uh, people around them. And uh, the goal of Happy Science is to increase awareness of the spiritual truth, some of them which we talked about today, mm-hmm. and also expand our capacity for love, compassion, and joy so that we can together create a better world in this world. And I think the philosophy of happy science, which uh, is based on the principles of happiness, of love, wisdom, self-reflection, and progress, are very universal. And they transcend boundaries of cultures and religions. And that's why I think this philosophy has attracted um, more than 12 million members so far. I think people are are thirsty. They're very hungry for this type of information. And that's so good to see that there's a source that people can go to and get the knowledge, the understanding, the information that they need in order to change their own lives. Because as we discussed, you know, if you change what's going on within you, it will change others around you. You can't change people, but people will change because you do. So, you know, that's 
that's something worth noting. And I think that uh, the, the happy-science.org is a great place for people to go and find information and check it out and join. Go ahead and join. It's a great organization. We are getting near the top of the hour, Mia, but before we go, would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more and where they may purchase both the unhappiness syndrome and invincible thinking? Sure. Um, you can go to our website, okawabooks.com, O-K-A-W-A books.com, to find out more about the books that the author Ryuho Okawa has written so far. And if uh, you want to find out more, find more about the Happy Science organization, uh, as you say, happy-science.org provides all the information you need about the activities that we take part in. Oh, well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, Me, I'm so sorry about the sound, in, you know, what happened, whatever happened. I don't know what happened, but I, I'm sure it wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't good. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry <laughs> about that. I don't think it was on your end. I really don't. I couldn't figure it out on my end, but it did happen once before, so I'm thinking it's something here. So I apologize for that, and I just want to thank you so much for joining me on air. If you would wait just a moment while I do the outro so I can ask you, um, a few questions in the green room. I would appreciate it. Thank you so much. Sure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. Also check out my children's foundation, sojihuggles.org, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We're run solely by volunteers. There's no money given to anyone for any work that's done. We're investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving the kids a better today. So check it out and uh, take time to visit our website, sojihuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at NRG Aware Radio, and at sojihuggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. <laughs>